You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. Welcome to the Grolic Cinematic Universe, where two nerds watch two movies and then pitch a shared cinematic universe. I'm Randall Sylvie, and for this episode, the second nerd joining me is a very special guest. I'm joined by Melanie. Hi, I'm Melanie. What's going on, Melanie? I'm just, you know, hanging out with my love. Melanie. Yes. Now, you've been on the show before. Once. Once, once yes. Once before. Uh, you joined Jasper and I to talk about Four Rooms mm-hmm. and From Dusk Till Dawn. Yep. You're also on another podcast. I am. What's that podcast? Can you, can you tell us a little bit about it? It's called The Grolux Podcast, and it's where there's three nerds and we talk about comic books and movies and tv and all kinds of nerdy stuff and it's great it's been around for a long time it's me and this guy jesse and this weirdo randy i don't know um you might like it i don't know give it a try awesome awesome i'll have to i'll have to check it out okay it sounds all right I'm glad to have you back on GCU. I'm excited for this episode. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about two movies, as we always do. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them I kind of randomly picked because we actually happened to watch it, like, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. And It was weird. And there were a couple ways we could go with it for other movies that kind of tied to it. But since you're the guest, and what I try to do, I don't always get to do it, but what I try to do is let the guest pick at least one of the movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And you picked something very interesting. From my childhood. From your childhood that I'd never seen before. Mm. But we're going to talk about that one second. First, what we're going to talk about is Await Further Instructions. Yep. And then we're going to talk about a movie called Pulse. Mm. From 88. From 1988. Yes, not the uh, 2000s Wi-Fi ghosts. Yeah. Await Further Instructions. Await Further Instructions. Which is a good title. Yeah? Yeah. I think so, but... From 2018, this was written by Gavin Williams and directed by Johnny Kevorkian. Oh, weird. <laughs> Starring, it's interesting that he gets the first billing because he's not like a major player, but it makes sense. David Bradley, uh, who is, he plays granddad in this, mm-hmm. but he... The only person that you know from anything? Uh, pretty much. Because, well, for one, we don't watch that much British TV, but what we do watch, he's always in it. Uh-huh. He's in Doctor Who. He was the, well, he was he was in that movie about the making of the, you know, the first yeah. season yeah. of Doctor Who. And he played the guy that, he played uh, Hartnell. But then they also cast him as the recast first Doctor a season, two seasons ago. Yeah. With Capaldi. Oh, and he was in Broadchurch, mm-hmm. one of the greatest one seasons of TV ever. 
It's almost like if you took the guy who made Broadchurch and maybe combined him with, you know, Doctor Who, maybe you'd get a really good, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> Abigail Cruttenden? Ab- what is her name? Is it Abigail? Abigail. Okay. It sounds like, it sounds like you were adding an R in there. I was. Abigail. Here. Okay. You go through the cast. Somebody who can actually say names. Okay. Abigail Cruttenden, Holly Weston, Sam Gittens. Gittens, uh, Grant Masters, Nirja Nike, and Chris Sadler. I think we got a new co-host. <laughs> I can never say names, even the most basic names. Overview. A dysfunctional family awake on Christmas morning to discover they're sealed inside their house by a mysterious black substance. See, right there is when I would be like, nope, I'm noping all the way out of here. How, though? How are you going to nope through the mysterious I'd black substance? Burn it. Find a way. <laughs> they didn't try that. No, they didn't. They didn't try hardly anything. But anyway, go up, continue. On television, a single line of text reads, stay indoors and await further instructions. Melanie, had you ever heard of this? No. I don't remember. I think I had seen this mentioned on like a YouTube video of like, Good horror movies on Netflix or something. So, mm-hmm. And we're going to hold off on like the main spoilers for this, which we don't always, we often spoil movies on the show. Mm-hmm. We will hit spoilers, but I want to hold off on spoilers because. Well, everything would be a spoiler. I mean, we can save the big bad end spoiler, but we can't really talk about a lot of the movie without spoiling some of it. No, that's what I'm saying though. The main spoiler, mm-hmm. the main spoiler, mm-hmm. that's the big thing that I want to hold off on. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, the, most of the movie is basically you've got the essential setup, and I knew that much about it going in, and that's the majority of the movie. So the big surprise is not that. So, well, but it comes into play earlier. Anyway, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll play it by ear. You tell me when to stop. <laughs> okay. So I didn't know really much about it other mm-hmm. than the initial setup, and actually, this kind of sounds like a couple movies. One you and I watched with David Cross were. They're not necessarily stuck in the house, but he goes and has dinner with mm-hmm. some people and it's weird and tense. That's mm-hmm. kind of like a, there's several movies that have that premise. Yeah. It's a dinner party or something that's weird and tense or they get stuck there or it's the end of the world or something. Right. So this is one of those. Mm-hmm. So it kind of caught my eye, but I had, yeah, this was a first time watch for me too. Mm-hmm. What were your initial impressions of this? My initial impressions of this were not like I, I can't follow instructions, but don't tell me what to do, okay? <laughs> it's just, it's not okay. You know, you ask me, maybe, and I'm I'm okay with that. Really, ask me to do d- dang near anything, and I will do it, because I'm a nice person. But start telling me what to do. So if the TV prompts just threw a please on there... Then I'd be okay with A it. lot of the tension of this movie would be gone for you? Yeah. Okay, so let's go into a little bit more beyond the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Is basically, yeah, no, they wake up, and it says black substance. I thought it was just like a dark metal... Mm-hmm. And they say it's real hard. I didn't think it was metal. I thought it was some kind of plastic, but like a hard plastic kind of, but still had some give. Yeah, no, you're right, I suppose. And that is kind of more what it seems to be. Mm-hmm. But they can't break through it, and it's covering every door and every well, window. They can't break through it with like, what, an, an axe? This is the only thing they tried on it. There's chemicals, there's fire. There's you know what they should have done? They all should, kinds of They should have thrown a glass lamp at it. yeah we'll get to that later so they're trapped in this house and it's obviously like a dysfunctional family Mm -hmm. and after they're trapped in the house and like 
the TV await further instructions, it does give them other instructions. And there's other stuff that comes into play, like needles and craziness. Mm-hmm. You'd think that'd be enough for the tension. But really, the majority of the conflict and tension in this movie comes from the dysfunction in this mm-hmm. family. Yeah. They make they make the conflict themselves. And that's – so first of all, the main characters really mm-hmm. are this guy and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And they have come to his families for Christmas time. They are white. He is white. His girlfriend is not white. And they are some straight-up racists from, like, the beginning. I mean, not like they're not, not calling her, like... Slang. Slang. Sl- yeah, slang terms or anything or whatever. But everything they say is some kind of, you know, those people. Particularly the guy's sister mm-hmm. and the grandpa. Yeah. The sister's, like, one of those... Straight up race will say something racist to her face and then be like, oh, but, you know, I'm not blah, 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 or I don't mean that, you know, not you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you no, know, yeah, that's an underhanded, mm-hmm. not so passive, passive aggressive racism. The grandpa is straight up racist. Is straight up racist. And then when everybody gets in a fight because he said some racist stuff, which kind of spurs this argument amongst the family, then he laughs about it. So, like, he's a straight up jerk. Mm-hmm. But the the thing, they're all racist, though, because... When a racist thing happens and the girlfriend gets offended, gets offended. She's not even she doesn't even really try to defend herself. She just gets offended. Then they get more worked up about it. Then the family it says she needs to apologize. Yeah, the fam- no, you're right because the, it's because they they're racist. They don't apologize for their grandpa. They don't you know defend the girlfriend. They get upset with her because she's upset because they're being racist. Right. Yeah. No, there are likable characters i'd say the mom's likable but only because she seems sad and desperate yeah so like she's just she's probably maybe the most not racist but she doesn't she's too scared to offend her own family yeah so anybody so she she doesn't really engage mm-hmm. the guy is okay oh, he kind the of son he's okay but i for, first of all i wouldn't have put my significant other in that situation if I knew it was going to be that way. And if I were in that situation with her, I would totally defend her. And half the time he didn't. I mean, some of the time he did, but a lot. He's one of the ones that told her she needed to apologize. You know? Oh, I didn't. Re- yeah, I don't recall that. It was. It happened. And I was like, what? I'd be out. And that's so that's another thing. If I were in that situation, I wouldn't be in that situation because I would leave. I wouldn't I wouldn't wait till the morning. I would go now. I'd be gone. Mm-hmm. He hadn't seen his family, I guess they say in a few years. Yeah, yeah, a few that, years. Yeah. Well, good, because they're, they're not nice people. So then say, you know what? I tried, and you guys are jerks, so I'm leaving. What do you think of her, though, the girlfriend? She seems likable. Mm-hmm. She's justifiably, like, she gets justifiably upset, but the way she expresses it is odd to me, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like she could, I don't want to say, like, <laughs> she's in the wrong, because she's not. They're being racist. But I feel like the way she reacts to it is weird, and it is weird, yeah. definitely dials up the confrontation in a way that I wouldn't expect. Yeah, but I think she gets upset, but she doesn't really. Like, if if it were a real-life situation, she should have gotten more upset and had a blow-up earlier, mm-hmm. and then maybe it wouldn't have dragged out the way it did. Mm-hmm. And then the dad of the family is kind of the villain <laughs> yeah. for the most of this movie. He is. Because right from the get-go, he, he gets... Well, it's obvious he has this, like, inferiority complex set in by his dad. Mm-hmm. So right from the get-go, before things even, like, really happen, he's 
establishing this power structure in the house where he's got to lead the flock and all mm -hmm. this. And that just kind of intensifies throughout the movie. And then and as goes, things happened, like he obviously gets under kind of an influence a little mm -hmm. bit. He goes off the rails. What happens? Yeah. So that's the basic plot without major spoilers. Mm -hmm. It's a strange setup. We're going to slowly get into more spoilers here, but not like the big twist just yet. But like, the await further instructions thing is interesting because they're in the situation. Okay, well, let's whatever make the most of it. Maybe it's a quarantine or something weird, mm -hmm. or there was an attack. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of speculation. Yeah. So they sit down to have dinner, and then the TV says, like, don't eat your food, it's contaminated, mm -hmm. or destroy your food, don't touch food or water. And if I had not already noped out of here, that would have been it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have been like, I, I call BS. I picture what you're talking about is like the memes where it's just like you just nope and just like somehow move through the wall, just <laughs> whoop backwards out of the room. Mm -hmm. But then even that like escalates to where a bag of needle like syringes drops down the chimney. Oh, Santa. Mm -hmm. Santa and his syringes drops down the chimney. Also, this could have been a Christmas episode, but you know, we're past Christmas, but that's all right. Mm -hmm. It's not really a Christmas. But it's about family. It's about Christmas time. No. Okay, so anyway. But he's there for Christmas. Christmas drives the plot. Yeah. So they starve him. <laughs> You're not interested in that conversation <laughs> nope. at all. I know. It's tired. I'm sorry. Just messing with you. I know. But, you know, some syringes drop down. Mm -hmm. And then the display says, like, inject yourselves with experimental. antidote? Yeah. It's like. Even the message isn't that, like, convincing. convincing. Yeah, it's experimental, first of all. But the thing is, and this is important to the plot sort of a little bit later, the girlfriend is, uh, like, a nurse or mm -hmm. something of that nature. She works in the in the medical industry. Yeah, she's some kind of uh, some kind of doctor or something. Yeah. I don't think she's actually a doctor, but, but she knows enough mm -hmm. to be able to do minor procedures and whatnot. Yeah. So she sees these needles get dropped, and she's like, those aren't even clean. Those are, these are used needles. Don't put these in your arm. Don't do it. <laughs> you know? And was it the dad? Yeah. Or was it the grandpa? Might have been the grandpa. One of them, whichever one of them was like, oh, stop this, you know, pussyfooting around. And then just like jabs it in his arm. Yeah, I think he, he does, does it. it first. And then the dad is all, gets. They boil water and at least attempt to. Sterilize Sterilize them. them. Basically. Everybody's pretty much convinced to inject it, even if they didn't want to. Like, I think she even takes it eventually. Yeah, because they force her to. Yeah. They force them both to. Because the boyfriend doesn't want to do it either. But the other one that they kind of has to talk into it. And at this point, once she, once she takes it, I'm like, okay, well, I already see where this is kind of going. They get the pregnant daughter too. Yeah. Because her daughter's pregnant. Very pregnant. She's like about to pop. And she's like, I don't really want to put some experimental stuff into my baby, so maybe I shouldn't. And they, they get her to do it. And then I'm like, okay, well, if they're going to put a baby at risk, then I already know where, where this is going. Before getting to the end, let's talk about what we actually thought about mm -hmm. the majority of the movie. Mm -hmm. What did you think? Because it's, I guess it's, a, it's still kind of horror, but it it's more sci-fi thriller in a way. It's mm -hmm. more like mm -hmm. about this weird premise that seems more sci-fi than horror and then tension well that's just it there it's like it's almost like the, yeah there's like two things to the movie mm -hmm. there's the outward ridiculousness and then there's the dynamic of the people yeah 
and most of the movie really is about the dynamic of the people. Really, it is. That's the driving thing. And this, I hate it because <laughs> this is one of those situations where I couldn't be in it. I would go crazy. I I can't tolerate. I can't tolerate it. I I would have. Would you mean like the way the people are acting? Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, I wouldn't have tolerance for it. I would have either died right away, or I've caused the death of everyone. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. <laughs> I definitely would have started swinging. Mm-hmm. The way the people act are unreal. It, it's unrealistic, it, yeah. It's it's unrealistic because I, I kind of feel like it's the basis of what they're going for there is realistic, but it's mm-hmm. like super heightened. Yeah. They're sheeple mm-hmm. past the point of of any kind of logic. And I think the needle scene really mm-hmm. is when that kicks off. Mm-hmm. And then is it before or after the needle when they have to wash themselves in bleach? Everybody has to get naked and scrub themselves with bleach. And I'm like, I don't think that that's really the way you sanitize yourself. Yeah. But could be wrong. I liked it. I liked it. You're right. I agree with you on things like it's frustrating. It's a very frustrating movie because mm-hmm. of the way people act. And it's not so much the decision. It is the decisions people make, but like there's people that are like extreme and you're Mm -hmm. like, well, you're not supposed to identify with them anyway. Or maybe you are, but I don't know. And then the people that are less extreme, their decisions are still kind of frustrating and Mm -hmm. unbelievable. But that said, I enjoyed it. It felt kind of long. It's not a super long movie, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. It it felt kind of long, but it moved along pretty quickly still. Mm -hmm. And... I like the essentially one location. Mm-hmm. It's, it's people in one location conflict. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a pretty straightforward. The characters aren't so bad that it falls apart because that kind of premise does definitely rely on either really good characters. And I don't think they're really good characters or basically what they're dealing with is interesting. And I thought what they were dealing with was interesting enough because it gets to the point where you're like, what is the TV going to tell them to do next? Mm-hmm. And so that was intriguing enough to kind of keep me on board for a lot of it. Kind of. I mean, a little bit, except I knew right away, right away with the food, which was the second thing they heard, that that was, it was not anything that was official of any, at all. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. the government. It wasn't, you know, some broadcast system trying to help people. It, first of all, it was reacting to them. Exactly. Yeah. And it was so, on a, so like bat poop crazy stuff that it was telling them to do that I'm like, yeah, no, this should be obvious. None of you should be listening to this thing. That well, that was kind of, even with the father character, who's like the most extreme, that's one of the largest leaps of logic you have to make because mm-hmm. the messages it's showing are clearly not any official messages. Mm-hmm. It's intentionally like, it's, God, this premise is so out of date, honestly. I, after the movie was over, and we'll get into it more after the big spoiler, but after the movie was over, I was like, there, I feel like this movie's 20 years too late because the text on the TV is like the old VCR kind of blocky text, which is a cool aesthetic, but it doesn't really make sense now. But but my point was, that is clearly not any official message. Mm-hmm. There's no other anything. There's no like official like government logo or anything on there. Mm-hmm. Or emergency broadcast is just basically black screen with blocky VHS looking letters, mm-hmm. and it's like that. You, you you don't buy that, and then the wording, 
it's the like we said the needles drop down it's like experimental even if it was experimental they're not going to tell people that mm-hmm. they're going to say it's the antidote take it if they really want people to take it and the craziest part of that whole thing too they wanted the needles back when they were done yeah through the little david cronenberg creepy pulsating slot which which <laughs> the guy tried to stick his hand through to see what was out there and it ate off his fingers yep Ugh. we almost were going to talk about videodrome this episode Mm-hmm. which I'll save for another episode because I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But especially when he's shoving the, the needles in there and he loses his finger. Well, he's trying to... She's trying to see what else is out there. Yeah. But uh, it just made me think of everything. I, when we were watching this, I was... I, you said something about it, yeah. I was like, it, it, this feels this movie feels like, and more so after we get to the big reveal, feels like the little drippings that dripped out of a Cronenberg script. It's not mm-hmm. pure Cronenberg. It's just little... Cronenberg essence, a little, you know, drizzle of Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put into this otherwise, I don't know, I guess social commentary mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, social commentary, but they like bang you over the head with it. Yeah, it's not handled super well. No. It's it's very on the nose. So the key things that we need to hit is they are idiots, but eventually figure out, or at least the guy figures out that, that it's watching them, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah, that was pretty obvious to us. Mm-hmm through the TV, he unplugs the TV, that causes a whole situation. Like the dad is to the point that he's basically some weird fanatic Mm. who's either totally shut down or he's going to take charge of the situation violently. Yeah. He doesn't, he shut down, he shuts down when the daughter gets sick. Yeah. I mean, eventually though, he gets convinced by the TV to torture his son Mm -hmm. because he thinks his son's a spy. The son did at one point figure out that like there is an opening to the outside through like where the toilet piping goes out mm-hmm. and he shoves his phone out there and gets video of what looks like he says snakes but it looks yeah like weird black tendrils tendrils so that's when it's like oh this is definitely like some type of sci-fi thing i mean it seems sci-fi anyway mm-hmm. but it's pretty late in the movie and that's the first time you get any like clue as to what is going on although i don't think you're going to guess exactly what's going on I still don't really understand exactly what's going on. Like, you kind of get the idea. You're like, okay, well, I understand kind of what's happening, but not why or what's causing it. And then when there's the big reveal, it's still kind of like, what? So speaking of, the girlfriend finds an old TV, like an old tube TV in the closet. So she plugs it in to see. And I don't remember how she comes to, why does she open the back of it up? To see if there's anything in it, maybe? that's Because it, because it, def- it says something like, I'm, I see you or something. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, to see if there's like something implanted in there. Yeah. Or something. There is, mm-hmm. but it's not like a chip or anything. Now we're going to get into big spoilers. So let's go big spoiler time now. Okay. Big spoiler time. It's like some pulsating little creature thing in there. It's like interwoven. Mm-hmm. The wires are pulsating in there. It's, it's, it's more, li- it's more black tendrils. Yeah. Kind of wet looking. They're all wrapped around like a snake ball. It's a little, it's a little Cronenbergy. It gets way more Cronenbergy, but it's a little Cronenbergy. Yeah. It's just like weird organic technology. That's where. That's why it feels like Cronenberg. Because mm. it's like that's that's. Yeah, that's Have not you right. ever seen seen a snake ball, baby? A what? A snake ball. Is it a ball of snakes? Mm-hmm. So that's what they do when they mate. It's, it sounds horrifying. Yeah, we used to. Have, we had one in our backyard once. It is kind of horrifying. Um, it's and disgusting. It's big. And, and gross, but it, it it's a very good representation of what that looked like. Oh, okay. Okay. Ugh. 
Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. But she finds that in the back of the TV. And the TV doesn't like that. So it starts gassing the upstairs room with like acid gas. The mom gets caught in it. Yeah. And that's where the mom goes. It, But it like eats her away. Yeah, it's like black smoke that fills the room. And then, yeah, like. Disintegrates her kind of. Mm-hmm. They couldn't kick through that window and then the door. She's in the one they door. They didn't have a lamp. <laughs> that's right. They needed a glass lamp. You can't yeah. break a glass window unless you got a glass lamp mm. or porcelain or whatever that was. Yeah. Anyway, things go down. Basically, it's actively attacking them in the house now with the gas. The remaining people that are alive are forced down. Is this when the daughter dies? She's already been dead. Okay, the daughter's dead. The remaining couple people are forced down into the living room or kitchen area. Mm. When we finally get the reveal, there's a big confrontation with the father and all this. Mm. The father gets to the point where he's got like the axe or the hatchet and he's killing. He kills the boyfriend, I think? He does. The guy knocks over the TV because the father's become convinced it's basically like Jesus's second coming is what's going yeah, on. Yeah. And the TV's telling him what to do. The dude knocks over the TV and reveals the downstairs flat screen TV has the nasty ball in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he knocks the TV on top of the dad. Oh, yeah. Which kills him. Yeah. He kills the dad with the TV. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy up to this point, but this is definitely the point where the movie goes insane. Yes. And I feel like if you're... I know you weren't fond of the movie up to this point, but I feel like this is definitely the turning point to where you're either going to like this movie or hate this movie Mm -hmm. because, you know, it is a mystery. So when that mystery is revealed, yeah, it's a make or break thing. Mm -hmm. So what, what happens? What happens is the wires all go. Yeah. The wires are like, so out of the TV, but also bust through the wall. Uh And it's like, that's what, that is what is covering the house is just, just the layer of, of wires. Yeah, the flat surface is actually strands of wires, mm-hmm. a black cable. Yeah. And it's now like tentacle wires through, thinging through the house. Mm-hmm. They wrap around the dad who had his head in the TV and they lift him up and start using his body like a puppet uh-huh. to go after the kids and, and talk to them. He starts talking at some point. Yeah. Through the dad's corpse. Yeah. And he puts the TV back up. It kind of tries to do this thing where the guy thinks, he's like, it's not attacking us directly. It can't. Mm -hmm. It needs us. Mm -hmm. Because that's the whole thing is basically, it's like a parasite. The TV wires, and this is where it's confusing. So is it TV itself that came alive? Or is it like a a thing that attached to the TV Mm -hmm. or what? But basically, he figures like it's a parasite. It needs us. It's the TV. It wants us to worship it and pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the message of this movie is. Uh, yeah, it does even it even says worship me. It, yes, it's so on. It's so on the nose. Mm-hmm. So the kid's like, it can't hurt us, and it seems like it's gonna take a cop out that way. Mm-hmm. And then the control, the puppet corpse grabs an axe and goes after him. And you know, yeah, big spoilers. It, it gets him. Yep, everybody dies. Everybody dies except. Except. <laughs> this is so weird, and I, I, it's it, it's not medically possible. <laughs> so I think at some point, like the the tube TV got dragged down the stairs, mm-hmm. and it's sitting next to the daughter's corpse. Everybody's been gotten. The daughter's dead. A bunch of the wires tangle over the daughter's corpse, pull back, and she's now a skeleton. Except for the baby that was inside of her is now just laying there because in a blanket. Was it in a blanket? It was in a blanket. That, that doesn't make sense. 
none of it makes sense, baby. And it said the baby's still alive. Uh, Which is not possible. And uh, watching the tube TV now. And the tube and TV's like, like, hi, Judy. It's Ruby. Ruby, mm-hmm. worship me. And uh, the baby's watching the TV. And then we go to outside and it's like over, it's kind of dark, but bird's eye view of the neighborhood which is like i don't know how to explain it it feels suburban but i don't know what like the european uk type suburban areas are Mm -hmm. but uh the the whole neighborhood is just covered up in like these wires everywhere and there's fires in the distance Uh yeah there's like a fire here or there but for the most part it's like the black wires except it's kind of even stupider than that because you can see like you could see where there would be a window where you could see that there was a light on or a TV, you know, shining through. And I'm like, Psh, whatever. Okay, so this big reveal happens. I kind of liked the majority of the movie. You didn't like it. Then the big reveal happens. What did you feel? How did you feel about this big reveal at the end of the movie? Stupid. Yeah? For several reasons. One of which is the entire time, the things that it's, trying to force these people to do is going to kill them. It's all stuff that would kill them in the long run. Like not eating, you know? You can only go so long without eating. Yeah. So everything that it's doing is pointless. It's 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 ensuring its own failure. The better thing to do is just let people continue as they are and like hypnotize them or something. Why would you do this big invasion and murder the things that you need to live? So... I agree. The logic makes no sense. Like mm-hmm. of whatever this entity is, the TV, what it's trying to do doesn't make sense if what it wants people to do is worship it and it is like some kind of parasite. Why kill people? Why manipulate them into killing each other? Why is it maliciously doing these game like playing these games on it? What do they inject themselves with? Where does TV get n- syringes? Like yeah. there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. That I- said, I kind of love the ending. Yeah. I was still on the fence about the movie until that happened. I'm like, I kind of love it because the way it's done is super interesting. This was kind of a low budget movie. Mm. And the way it's done, I think it looks good. It looks a little cheesy, but it looks, I like it because, and it's, it is stupid. It's stupid. And way beyond its time. Like w- way like after mm-hmm. this story is relevant. Mm-hmm. It should be more like now you'd assume it's more, should be ethernet cables or something. You know, but Mm -hmm. if it's going to be cables, but, uh, it felt like a throwback though, to me, to Mm -hmm. like the fifties, the fifties and the way it's done, like the look of the finale is awesome. I like when it puppets the the father corpse. Yeah. I like that too. The wires come up through the back of, into the back of its neck and like out its mouth, out its mouth and like pull its mouth open. And then he like, it pulls him up and I thought that was awesome, Mm -hmm. but it also feels like a different movie. It suddenly turns into a completely different movie. And whatever that movie was is awesome. Mm -hmm. So for me, yeah, it's mostly stylistic stuff. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. But there are movies that do that that are better. So why bother with this one? Well, I'm not. Or think like like Ghost in the Machine or something like that. Ghost in the Shell? That's what I meant. Ghost in the Shell, yeah. What did, what did I say? Whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what I was talking about. Yeah. And yeah, it is awesome. That's an awesome image. But there's a way to do it right and a way to do it wrong. And this one did it wrong. I uh, I thought it was interesting. I even like the kind of the, the saving the baby thing. If the baby wouldn't shouldn't have already been dead because the, the woman had been dead for 
hours at least, and she died from sepsis. I mean, the baby's not gonna it's not gonna bypass the baby. It was a very healthy looking baby too. I mean it's also yeah. totally not a newborn. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Again, not to hit on it, but it's really kind of the visuals. And I like the idea. It's just the application of the idea in this context mm-hmm. was dumb. Yeah. And again, it feels out of date. Mm. But by the end, the house is not only wrecked, but it's like wrecked. It doesn't even look like the same location. It's wrecked. Wires are everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was cool. It basically just cr- crumbles the house inside of it. And yeah. it's just a shell of wires. Wires, yeah. yeah. Or cables, I guess, is more accurate. But So what is this? I, don't, I still don't know what it, it was, though. Was it just TV? Is it a monster? TV monster? Maybe it was a pulse. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I, I looked up reviews afterwards. Mm. I didn't read through a lot of reviews, but I'm just kind of curious because, yeah, after we watched it, your reaction to it was very negative. Mm-hmm. I was kind of jazzed about it. So I was curious as to what people said online. And it's not, you know, it's kind of middle of the road to lower rated. Mm-hmm. It's it, People aren't it's, wild about it. Uh, it's, if people like it, it's going to be like a cult thing. It's not going to be mainstream awe. It's going to be like a, not necessarily trauma level of. No, no. Stuff, but you know. I think it's definitely competently made. I think it's fairly well made. Mm-hmm. The director, as far as I could tell, did something before this, like long before this, and then hasn't, at least hasn't released anything yet since. Because it's <laughs> no, sorry. Do you want to do star ratings? Okay, how do we do that? I mean, how, are, where are the, how many stars is high and how many stars is? Five stars is high. Mm-hmm. You know, zero stars. It's, you know. You can do zero stars? You can do zero stars. Um, I'm not going to do zero stars. But. but it's, yeah, out of five stars. Mm-hmm. And you can do half stars too, like two and a half or something like that. Okay. If you want me to go first, I can go first. Or if you I give it go. two. Oh, you're going to give it two? Yeah, I'll give it two. Two stars for await a further instructions? Yeah. Maybe one and a half. No, maybe two. They tried. And and like you said, there were some good visual moments. And I do kind of like some of the worship me ridiculousness of the TV thing. Uh-huh. That stuff felt like classic sci-fi to me. Uh-huh. So I think you're probably right in mentioning like 50s. It also felt a little 80s to me, which will tie into the next thing. But the execution definitely felt more kind of 50s. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this three and a half stars. Which is pretty high. Yeah, it is. It is pretty high. But uh, as I said, the premise, when you look at it, the logic, it, it's kind of dumb. It doesn't really make sense. But I think the individual parts, you've got the locked in the house, everybody, like, basically it's a family or society breaking down type mm. story. I thought that was pretty well handled. I and, like I like those kind of situations, too. And uh, the stuff was weird enough. It kept me intrigued. And then the end stuff, which felt like a completely separate element. Mm. Again, was really on the nose and kind of dumb, but super awesome. And really fun. interesting. Yeah, and fun. Uh, I mean, you got hatchet murders and wire puppeted zombie corpses, basically, and technology killing people. That's a good time. Mm. It's so weird. And also, I guess, trying to marry those two movies together is interesting, mm-hmm. even if it's, you know, it doesn't work the best. Yeah. So I give it three and a half, which is higher than a lot of people's ratings I'd seen of it. Mm. I think a lot of people follow a little bit more along where you yeah. do. Yeah, he's rating it higher than it deserves. 
<laughs> okay, maybe three, but I'm going to stick with three and a half because I did enjoy it. Okay. I'll let you have it. I will allow it. From, uh, I'm going to just say there's suburbs. I don't know that, I don't know what UK suburbs are like, but, uh, from the suburbs of, of the UK, <laughs> we're going to hop across the ocean to the suburbs of 1980s states. Where is this? It's in California. California. Oh yeah, of course it is. Cause it starts with Los Angeles. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, good. 80s low budget movies are filmed in Los Angeles because it's cheap. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So I'll tell you who the main character is. Okay. Joey Lawrence. <laughs> when he's like eight. And his brother's in it too, Matthew Lawrence. But they did that thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now. Even though you don't meet him until later. I hate when they have siblings in a movie who are very obviously siblings because they look like each other. And then they act like they're not siblings. Like, he's the neighbor kid. You can't put siblings in a movie and pretend like they're neighbor kids. No, that's his brother. You ain't fooling me. Yeah. So the movie we're talking about is Pulse from 1988. Mm-hmm. This was written and directed by Paul Golding, who I think is somebody else who hasn't done a lot of other work. I The name does seem familiar to me for some reason. I might be wrong. Something called Herbie in 1966. Oh, Herbie, I looked that up. Th- that's early. a car, isn't it? No, well, yes, but no, that's not it. This was like a student film. Mm-hmm. So this was the only not student film he directed. Really? Yeah. Because the name sounds familiar to me. But he wrote something called Beat Street in 84. The Secret of Lost Valley in 80. And then some stuff in the 60s. Starring Cliff DeYoung, Roxanne Hart, Matthew Lawrence, which is the younger brother, Joey Lawrence. Whoa. Yeah, he doesn't even say it in here, though. No, he doesn't. No, whoa. Charles Tyner, Dennis Redfield, Robert Romanus, Romanus. Basically, oh, you could do this movie with Fast Times and Ridgemont High, and that'd be a super easy connection to make because he's like the same character but older, if that's the same right guy. Myron Healy. Overview. An intelligent pulse of electricity is moving from house to house. It terrorizes the occupants by taking control of the appliances, either killing them or causing them to wreck the house in an effort to destroy it. There is more of the overview, but let's skip that. Okay. For now. Because... Pulse from 1988. I had never heard of this movie. You picked this. I had seen it as a kid, and there were just images. I didn't remember the entire thing, but there were images that would forever be burned in my brain from this movie. Mm -hmm. What are you looking up? Music by, because I really liked the music in it. Oh, yeah. Which is like one of the more more notable crew credits. Jay Ferguson, who did... Oh, he did some stuff. He did Terminator. Well, he did a song, the song that plays at the end of Terminator. Okay, whatever. I mean, that's a big, no, that's a big distinction. But, he, you know, he had music in Terminator. Breaking Bad. He had music in Breaking Bad? Fringe, yeah. Fringe, The Office, some NCIS, Charlie's Angels, this is 40, Anchorman, Breaking Bad. The Office, I think he did the actual Office, the American Office theme song. Oh. Oh. Which is, you know, everybody knows that song. So, yeah, no, he's a known guy. So, he yeah. He scored... Which one? Um, one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Yeah, like five or something like yeah. that. I don't know, three or five. It's an odd number. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, it was the music I thought contributed a lot to the movie. 
and just sounds in general. I don't know if he does sounds. Does the soundtrack guy do the? Uh, no, not necessarily sound okay, well, design. But there was cool sound design. I agree. There's cool sound design, and I think the songs, whatever the score, the, mm-hmm. the score contributed to the atmosphere a lot. Yeah. So. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of said it already, but we see Joy Lawrence got picked up at the airport by. How old would you say he is? He's pretty young. I w- I'm thinking like seven or eight. Yeah, maybe ten. Maybe. But yeah, eight seems about right. Yeah, and then the little brother I would they would say is like six or seven. He's bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's cute. No, it's like the best part of the movie that kid. Yeah. So they pick him. His dad and his stepmom mm-hmm. pick him up at the airport and bring him. He lives in Colorado. He's coming to stay with them in California, and he doesn't seem super jazzed about it at all. I don't think he really knows the stepmom very well. Because it seems like it's a new thing. Yeah. So they take him home to... Yeah, this seems like the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You don't know how long their parent, his parents have been separated. But this seems like the first time him having to leave Colorado to, you know, spend the summer at his dad's. Mm-hmm. And... He's a little turd at the beginning of this movie, too. Yeah. He... So they take... was a kid. They, they, so they take him home. And their house is kind of like, ooh, like fancy. It's the 80s upper middle class. Mm-hmm. Like nice '80s house, yeah. Except it's late '80s, early '90s. Except there's but. bars on all the windows. <laughs> yeah. Except for the picture window, because that has bars that scroll across it with a button, um, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous um, and kind of pointless. But whatever. I guess it's another thing to be manipulated. I guess. Yeah. His dad works a lot, so it's it's a little tropey. It's the tropey, you know, child of divorce or whatever, mm-hmm. and. He goes to stay with his dad, doesn't want to be there. And the dad does work a lot. He's not he's not home. And when he is home, he's tired. We don't really get we we get to see that a little bit by the fact that like the first night the kid's there, super bad decision on the dad's behalf. But his first night the kid's there, dad's got like a work meeting or dinner or something. Mm-hmm. And he invites the kid along, of course, but the kid doesn't want to go. He wants to watch Dodgers game. And the wife goes with him. So the kid gets to stay at home, and that's where the weirdness starts happening. Mm-hmm. Well, even actually maybe a little before that, because like as soon as they pull up, before they even get in the house, they're like, oh, that boarded up house where that guy went crazy and died. And Oh, we should <laughs> probably mention that because that's the first scene of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, that took me a little bit of a surprise because we get this scene and it's basically the, the parents mm-hmm. or whatever. The neighbor across the way, like the lights are going crazy in his house and he's like, screaming? there's lots of kind of creepy screaming. And you can see, like, his silhouette through the window. Like, he's just beating the crap out of something, stuff. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's a, maybe a domestic dispute or something. Although they would know better at that point because yeah, his it's revealed later that the guy's wife had died. We never actually see this guy. And then uh, the whole neighborhood, it's one of those neighborhoods apparently where anything happens. The whole neighborhood just stands outside the house and watches then. Yeah. But he calls the cops. The cops finally show up, of course, right at right when like everything, the activity in the house stops. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the beginning. Yeah. And then we go to this kid getting picked up. So that was. Like the night before or something. Yeah. So that's the introduction. I was like, wait, what? what is going on here? Mm-hmm. I was actually, for whatever reason, surprised that then we go, the kid like belongs to the people that, I don't know why, the couple at the beginning, because that felt like it was going to be this other thing that come into play later, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh no, that was just 
that's but that's the scenario now we're introducing the kid as our main character into that scenario yeah and so that night while he's home alone he's being a kid and he's like putting too much cocoa in his chocolate milk this stuff is actually really good because he is i even commented i was like they nailed kids being kids in this movie Mm -hmm. first off jory lawrence does a pretty decent role like you know kid actors are typically bad (laughs) little brother (laughs) 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 real bad although super entertaining but jory lawrence does okay He's kind of bland, but like that's his, you know, whatever. He's just kind of down about being there. Mm. But he is really good at being a kid. And then he's scooping like three ridiculous scoops of Nestle powdered stuff. Do they they still sell that, don't they? That's such a kid thing to me because I don't think I've seen it since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Into his milk. And the parents have like a touch lamp and he'll occasionally just like touch it. Like walk by and be like. Turn it off and turn it on a couple (laughs) times. So that aspect of the movie later when he's with the uh, the neighbor boy mm-hmm. and he's like trying to get the neighbor boy to do this thing that the neighbor boy doesn't want to do and he's like if you don't I'm not going to be your friend anymore or something like or I'm, I'm not going to play with you anymore and it's just like that's such a kid thing like I've heard that a million times mm-hmm. but so that aspect of the movie I thought was pretty well done mm-hmm. but yeah weird things happening weird sounds he's watching the game occasionally he turns on the VHS tape that they had rented and then stops it during commercials or something it's actually a weird movie too it's like a I found out what the movie was. Is it The Ring? No, it's not The <laughs> Ring, but it is weird because what we see, it's like random creepy imagery. And I was like, is he watching The Ring in 1988? Mm-hmm. It's John Carpenter's Starman. Okay. Which makes a lot more sense later because you see a weird like baby thing mm-hmm. in it. And there's baby crying. So, But then the TV, like he hears a sound, he follows it wherever. He goes back to the TV and it's like doing this weird. I, I appreciate it because like I was saying. So cathode ray tube TVs, how they'd work is basically there's like a gun in the back that would shoot a beam of light and sweep across the TV line by line, super fast. And that's how tube TVs work. So I appreciate that the effect, what they're doing is it's basically like that, but much slower to where you can see it. And it's not like line by line. It's just like swooping across the screen. But it's, yeah, it's doing this weird laser pattern thing back and forth across the screen. Mm-hmm. which comes into play earlier. And that's like the thing you remembered. I think one of the things you remembered most. Yeah. From it, from later in the movie when it does it mm-hmm. and it's doing it faster later in the movie. And it, but it, instead of just going across the TV, it's like the lasers shooting past the TV and then like onto, you can see it go like across his face and then behind him even. And it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. I don't know the purpose of it, but it is cool. Yeah. It's a super cool image. And, and it's one of that stuck with me all my life. It's actually really done. The effects and there's not a lot of like not practical effects, mm-hmm. but like the laser light thing, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they did it, but it's really well done. Mm-hmm. And this was not a big budget movie. Well, yeah, it was like six million, wasn't it? That's not a big budget though. Oh, okay. Even in 88. Also, you found this information. There's like no information about this movie online. It's because nobody watched it. <laughs> That's what's so strange about it. So you pointed out six million dollar budget reportedly. That's the estimated budget. Made, what was its box office? Like, yeah, look it up. Okay. Which makes me think that it didn't get a wide release. It got dropped immediately and then just hit cable because it seems like that's how people know this movie. It seems like a movie that just got dumped to HBO or something in the late 80s, early 90s. And a few people like yourself remember this movie yeah. because there's no information about this. Its budget was $6 million estimated and the USA gross was $40,397. Uh, 
that's also the worldwide gross. Yes. $40,000 on a six million. That is an incredible loss. Incredible. Which means 40000 That It did not get a wide release. It no. couldn't have. No. It's, and I looked it up. I tried to find for more information. Supposedly, it came out like March 5th of 1988. And it's not listed as like any wide release movies that came out that month of that year. Mm-hmm. And there were, and I was like, well, maybe it came out like, you know, maybe it's kind of a, I mean, the thing is well known, but like a thing deal. It didn't do well because it came out just after E.T. or something, mm-hmm. or it came out during a, like, I could see a movie like this, just kind of the tone. Maybe it come out around the time of Poltergeist. And it's one of those where it's like kind of a forgotten movie because it's not, not like a classic, mm-hmm. but you know, slight spoilers on my review. It's, it's not bad. Uh-uh. I don't think so either. But it's forgotten because maybe it was overshadowed by something else. Because it's not the best. There was nothing else that even came out that month that is like this that would have overshadowed it. Beetlejuice came out that month, which is a good movie. But, like, that's not this. Mm-mm. Also, Beetlejuice, that's so weird to me because Beetlejuice does not feel as 80s as this movie feels. I didn't know it doesn't. This movie is so 80s. We were in kindergarten. Yeah. I've never, I'd never heard of this. Yeah. I'm actually really glad we able I were able you can rent this. Mm-hmm. You can find it, but I you can't find information about it. Yeah. Like behind the scenes stuff or anything. Mm-hmm. This is a movie they made and then they were like, "Ah, let's not even try." And I don't understand it. <laughs> it's yeah. Okay, so again, I don't want to get bogged down in in blow by blow, but creepy stuff happens. He gets creeped out, the parents come home, blah blah blah. He meets the neighbor kid. He meets the neighbor kid. This is important. Because this <laughs> because kid, best part this. I laugh so hard because the kid's telling him, basically the kid is like exposition for what happened to the neighbor guy. Mm-hmm. But the way the kid tells it. He's okay. So the story of the neighbor guy, he said he, the guy was mean. Uh, he kept saying that the kids were trying to kill his grass, putting poison on it or something. And then he got worse after his wife died. And he said his wife died. And he's like, yeah, what happened was. And this is kind of a scary thing. Oh yeah. Something had gotten stuck in the dish disposal or the garbage disposal in the dish or in the sink. And what it was something metal and it shot out and killed her and went through her eye and killed her. And the kid's like, "Isn't that bad?" <laughs> his delivery is hilarious and he's his eyes even he looks directly into the camera for a second. And it's not like delivering the line into the camera it's delivering the line and partway through he's looking at the camera and then looks back mm-hmm. but it's oh god it's so it's so bad but hilarious and good like the kid's good like he's not a great actor he's a tiny child but the way he tells the story he uh, i was like so is he like joy lawrence's clint howard you know because mm-hmm. you know ron howard and clint howard because for whatever reason when he's talking to this guy even though you picture a little boy voice but doing like a like a, this type of thing. It was like, mm-hmm. why is he doing that? He's yeah. totally his Clint Howard. Because he's telling the scary story. Isn't it bad? Isn't it bad? <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's hilarious. It is. It's worth... I think the movie's entertaining, but it's worth watching just for that. Mm-hmm. And the old guy performance Yeah. The, later is pretty good. There's a harbinger. Basically, he is the har- he's also exposition man, but mm-hmm. harbinger of doom type guy. Yeah, and he's funny. J- drops from the sky and scares the crap out of him. And then he's like, "But I'm crazy, so you can't listen to me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
he used to tell people and then everybody thought he was crazy. So I don't tell anyone anything anymore. It's just like, <laughs> it just like slightly shaking, weird intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But over the top, but like a weird restrained way of, this whole movie is a slightly restrained over the top. Mm-hmm. It's good though. It represents the eighties, I think. Yeah, or like it's, it's nuts and you're going nuts, but you got to try and make the neighbors think you're okay. Kind of a feel to it. Yeah. There's a lot of that suburban that was a very 80s common theme in a lot of movies. The suburban, like weird stuff happening in, happening in suburban America, but like trying to keep it contained or, you know, keep up appearances type thing. Mm-hmm. I think that was the theme in here too. And also like being surrounded by people who like are nosy neighbors, but that when stuff help. goes down, eventually you're just alone anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, a moment later in this movie where something happens, I can't recall. And like you see a neighbor like, outside looking and another one looking out the window but then they just like shut the light off and then walk away you know kind of mm-hmm. a thing but anyway so the harbinger guy freaks out the joy lawrence him and that little boy freak him out and he tells this story to the stepmom and she's okay so she kind of sort of believes him <laughs> and then some some more serious things happen do you want to get into I'm, I'm sorry, keep going. I don't want to derail your thought. Well, some more serious things happen and he kind of gets hurt. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into what's going on kind of like the Harbinger, what the Harbinger guy tells him mm-hmm. is basically it's electricity mm-hmm. or it's something in the electricity. It's something in the electricity. It's not electricity itself. He calls it the voices and the wires, which yeah. is super cool. Yeah. That would have been probably maybe a bit of a better title, but yeah, for sure. What is this called? Pulse? Yeah, yeah. okay. Pulse is, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pulse. You have voice in the wire. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll get into more like the nonsense, but it can manipulate elect- uh, like electrical things, obviously. But it's a, it has sort of an intelligence too. Yeah, oh, because definitely. Because it uses its manipulation of the things around it to manipulate other things also. So like it will make... It'll heat up a pipe till it bursts and water comes out or gas leaks leaks or something like that. It's very one. I was like, you could also easily pair this with, you know, for our purposes on the podcast, for cinematic universe purposes, you could easily pair this with something like uh, Final Destination because it, it eventually ends up being like you watch as these various things happen to electronics that sets up death trap and you're like well how is this going to play out and what's going to actually kill or injure this person mm-hmm. it plays out in a similar way i think kind of better than final destination but also it, there's some things that happen where and you even said while we're watching it, it's like why why did that happen like that why can they not open the door now there's nothing electronic on this door mm-hmm. yeah and my only maybe for those would be they do a lot of stuff with the heat in, mm-hmm. in the movie, the heating and the air conditioning, like turn on and off by themselves all the time. And I'm like, maybe they're trying to heat it up so the door expands so it will hit open. I don't know. I'm trying to explain it, but I can't really. Yeah, there's definitely some things where you have to force yourself to like Dis- or make it. Suspend you have to make, your disbelief or yeah, something. Yeah, you have to make excuses for it. So like there's some things that are a stretch. Yeah. So things that amuse me, but this also kind of takes us more through the plot so the kid learns this. He's super upset. He wants to go home. The dad's just like, but this kid just doesn't want to be here. And he's bummed. Mm-hmm. And he knows he doesn't want to be there because he hears him talking to his mom on the phone yeah. about not wanting to be there. And 
I don't, this doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with the plot, but his mom, like, doesn't use the microwave because it gives you cancer and believes in, like, I don't know, crystals and, you know. <laughs> you assume. Right. Because it's the, we never meet her or even hear her, but from what the kid says, yeah, mm-hmm. she seems like a kind of a woo-woo lady. Yeah. And also, like, it opens with some, like, there's some jabs at the dad through because the kid's like, mom says, because he's smoking, and the kid's like, ugh, in the car, ugh, you know. And she's like, mom says people who smoke don't like themselves very much or something like that. You <laughs> yeah. know, just little jabs. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and by the way, people smoke everywhere. And like strangers will come in your house and start smoking. Anyway. The TV repairman yeah. <laughs> from Fast Times in Ridgemont High will come in and just like kick back in an overly relaxed manner on your sofa and talk to you while lighting up a cigarette. It's like, you and, and tell you, I don't know what's going on. I just read the book. <laughs> I guess, though, maybe like the dad smoked. So maybe he. Like there's ashtrays or something. Yeah, so still, he's, he's rude. <laughs> yeah. But he's a rude guy. He is. He was a rude guy. Mm-hmm. He's so that character from Fast Times in Ridgemont High. I know. He's a, it's, this guy's on just a one scene, little bit part. He's a TV repairman. But he sets up like why this movie is called Pulse, basically. What a pul- mm-hmm. pulse actually, like electronic pulses, kind of. Mm-hmm. He's the same personality so i'm yeah. just like this Slimy. movie's like a backdoor sequel to fast times we just get to see one scene to like what happened to that guy after high school yep what's so amusing is the stepmother character mm-hmm. i, I initially you know i like her character the characters in this are pretty likable the dad's okay he's a little bland but mm-hmm. you know whatever he's okay but i like that she's like the kids saying this stuff like is upset about this and is like you know the guy said this and blah 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 and it's not where all the parents don't believe me type thing. The stepmom is surprisingly like on his side right away. Mm-hmm. And is kind of like, well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think at first she's like, well, he heard this and it scared him. You yeah. know, kind of like she's trying to explain. She his... starts logically mm-hmm. and is like very nice. And then like a scene, two scenes later. Well, something happens. Mm-hmm. We can, t- we can t- we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's where the pipe bursts. The kid's in the garage. The kid wrecks this garage. Oh, oh, yeah. So he goes in the garage. The door locks on him for some reason. Locks him out of the house. So he's in the garage. At first, he's just trying to get the garage door open so he could get out. But it won't open. Because a pipe burst. A pipe cracked open and there's gas in there. And he's... What would be even before that? Was he trying to open it up? Well, first he was trying to drive or something. I don't know. Yeah, he wanted to drive to the... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was trying to drive a car to begin with, so he was not necessarily doing the right thing. He right. was going to try to drive to the airport, run away, and go home. Yeah, yeah. but then he went, when he tried to get back in the house, he couldn't, so he tried to open the garage door, and that that wouldn't open. And then he started freaking out, and that's when the pipe burst. And then he's really freaking out because yeah, he's like choking on gas in there. And, and I don't know that it had anything to do with the car, but he tries to roll up the car windows, but he can't get all of the like either the back windows go down or the front you know he can't get them all up at the same time and i don't know if that was something that was affected by maybe by that or not electronic but it was definitely like electrical electric mm -hmm. blocks so yeah or windows windows so since he can't get the garage door open and he can't get the windows up he just he just starts the car and starts ramming forward and backward forward and forward backward. backward. <laughs> yep, until he crack, p- pushes the garage door open enough to roll out and mm-hmm. then almost immediately get run over by a stepmom. Yeah, that was kind of scary actually. But that alone is enough to get her completely on board. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's just that that happened. It's well, I mean, yeah, he almost died. I think it's that that happened. And the explanation of it. The explanation, like what? Yeah. Which is a lame explanation. Yeah. 
the the repair guy's like, well, the light from the window comes in and hits the pipe and it gets hot and then it gets cold and then it gets hot and then it gets cold and it just stresses and cracks. And the and the kid had like the day be, the night before been freaking out like this child this house is gonna try to kill us and then he almost dies the next day so yeah it's a little suspicious but she goes from zero to a hundred yeah she does she like while the while the pipe repairman guy is still there a different repairman mm-hmm. to the point where he's like it's awkward she starts wigging out at the husband at the at that guy and at mm-hmm. the husband like that, that does make sense and like to where he's just like he nopes out of that scene yep. And uh, she just goes hysterical at the husband. And I'm like, wow. Like normally, like even if she was like, this is weird, it does feel sudden though because it feels like there should be still more of a – she went from understanding to completely on board and hysterical Mm -hmm. within like a scene. Yeah, but first of all, she has womanly intuition. And (laughs) hysterics? Shut up. (laughs) She has womanly intuition, so she, she feels something's wrong. That's one point. Second, her protective instinct kicked in because there's a kid that almost died, and that ramped it up a, a, like hundredfold, I bet. And the the mon- the main thing though, sh- that night, the previous night, she heard something when she was laying there at night trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. She heard some weird stuff, weird sounds in the house. Yeah, the voice in the wires. Okay. <laughs> and one of the things she said, you know, when's the next just thing that happens? Who's got to die? Mm-hmm. Well, she gets locked into. The shower. The shower. And that's one of the things. It's like, the, why did the shower door not open? But then the, the water heater goes berserk mm-hmm. and it's basically scalding water. Yeah. The, it's, that's pretty hardcore. On yeah. Her. The dad's downstairs even. And the, the, before anything with her, he goes to get a glass of water or something. And the water's so hot, it shatters the glass. She's locked in the shower with scalding hot water burning her. And they can't get the door open. So the dad runs in the other room and brings back a freaking ceramic or glass, whatever, lamp to throw at the glass door. Uh, yeah. I, when he come in with the – he's like, I'll get something to break the window out. And he comes back with a lamp. I'm like, what? That's going to break. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's just create as much glass <laughs> and dangerous sharp objects, you know, on this already, you know, injured person as we possibly can. Excuse my bleep. <laughs> I'll play. I'll play. <laughs> you just bleep. <laughs> but it works because maybe we're wrong. You know, that problem. I'm sure that would break a glass or a shower window. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, my fist can't break it, but this I just, fragile, breakable object can. There's an eight, This is an 80s household. Yeah. And they're baseball. There's no way there's not a baseball bat or no something kidding. like a broom. Anything in the hallway. Yeah. Two steps away. So yeah, she's out of commission. Like they take her, she doesn't die, but they take her to the hospital. Yeah, they, they when they they do show her when they pull her out, or not entirely her, but she's already got blisters mm-hmm. all over when they first get her out of the shower. One thing to note: this is a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, but you did kind of see some boob press up against the glass. You did see some boob. You're so like, did Joey Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, you're like he, he, he instead of while we're watching, like he saw her boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you said some like really kind of off color? Like it's a good thing he saw her naked before she got burned. <laughs> it's like, Holy crap, Melanie! <laughs> but she's out of the movie. Yeah, and the dad now he's taking it seriously. He is. So the kids staying over at the neighbor's house. This is when the movie gets kind of serious, mm-hmm. and I like the way he plays it. The dad, like he's messed up about this now. Of Obviously, course. it makes sense. But he's also like. I don't know. He just seems bummed about everything. Mm-hmm. And well, so so then the kid's like, well, will you stay over here with me? 
mm-hmm. which you know is a nice moment because the dad's like, you, know, uh, you, you can go home, whatever. So the divorced parents thing is a trope, and we, you know, whatever yeah. we established that. But I do like the way that this handles it a lot because there's there is a couple times in the movie where it comes up where the dad is sitting talking seriously about it, at least to the wife, if not to the son too, where he's like. This is my son. I love him. I want. I don't want him to be scared to be here. I want him to like mm-hmm. it. I want him to come back. I don't want to ne- never see my kid because I love him. You know. So this whole thing that started, he's he's been bummed the whole time because yeah, because he loves his kids and he wants him to be, be there. And this is ruining it all. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what makes it a nice moment where he's like, you know, you can go home, but you can stay over here tonight. And mm-hmm. the kid's like, will you stay over here with me? Because I think that's where he's finally like. It's not just that the kid wants to leave him. He just doesn't want to be at the house. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of a nice moment. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you know, it's late. The dad's in, uh, smoking in the neighbor's house because he's got to <laughs> yeah. smoke everywhere he's at. Looking at his house. Earlier in that same day, I think, you know, he's like, the house isn't trying to kill you, even though it just almost killed my son. And then it, and then he's like, okay, well, it almost killed my son. And then the same day, almost killed my wife. And so, yeah, it's it's trying to kill us. He goes over there, though, at night Mm -hmm. and just, I don't know, to look around, I guess, to scope it out, to get creeped out. I think he was going to get things. That might be. Because he goes in and he goes up to the, the first place he goes is up to the kid's room. Mm -hmm. While he's up there, he sees that, that tape. Oh, because the tape, when the TV freaked out and the, and the tape was in the VCR, it ruined the, it ruined the tape. Yeah, so she had to buy it from the rental place. For 60-some dollars, which is ridiculous. But anyway. Um, no, this is interesting. This fascinates me. This is a total aside, but it's because rental t- back in... I know I already told you this, but mm. I'm t- t- telling Tell the him. podcast listeners. They probably know, but if they don't... So movie rental places, like, yeah, you could go buy a movie for, I don't know, 20 bucks back in the day mm-hmm. on VHS. 16 bucks, whatever the common price was. But... If you like ruined a tape for a rental place or wanted to buy it outright for whatever reason from a rental place, if they'd allow you to, that would cost, well, in this case, 60 bucks. But I think, you know, later in the 90s, 120, 200, $300, because that's what those places would pay for those movies, because it's basically, they're basically buying the use of it, the use of it, the use of this tape for commercial purposes. Mm hmm. To rent it out because they're going to make tons of money off this one tape, people renting it over and over. Mm-hmm. So that's why that was so expensive because you're not just taking that tape off them. You're taking their ability to make money off of the tape. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know why that interests me, but I thought it was interesting. It's definitely not relevant now. but mm-hmm. So he pop- pops the tape in just out of curiosity, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he never even gets to see the weirdness. I mean, no. well, the movie's weird, but he just sees the movie start and then he hears something and he has to go investigate. And so, that, you know, and that's when all the crazy. Then crazy stuff starts happening. He starts mm-hmm. messing with the garbage disposal, almost gets shot in the face with glass because mm-hmm. we got the story earlier. So the whole time we're like, don't, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I say this movie isn't bad because this whole scene, like basically everything after, well, I mean, there's other stuff that's good, but I think this movie is legitimately creepy. Everything after the hospital, when he comes back, just the tone of the movie, like he mm-hmm. is very solemn. And then he goes over the house, and I feel like that's all pretty effective. Mm. Um, once it really ramps up, it's still good, but it's like it's different. It's not creepy. It's just like, you know, whatever. What's going on? How are they going to get out of this? It's Final Destination mode. Mm-hmm. But as he's like walking through the house, just like the music, like mm-hmm. you commented on, and the sound design generally in the house when stuff's happening, 
it's I think it's very effective. It's actually pretty creepy. Even when nothing's happening, he just gets in there. It's just the quiet and his like that the actor, mm-hmm. even though he's just kind of walking through the house, it's not like that boring, scary movie. Somebody's just doing a mundane thing until the killer comes. It's like mm-hmm. there's a lot to it. There, mm-hmm. you know, like the he- sadness of being like, Well, this is my house, it's pretty nice, but like my family's gone, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's effective, I think. The boy wakes up and mm-hmm. sees his dad is gone and he looks across the street and he had been in the house. So he goes in and he turns on the lights and whatever. And then that shoots out, the glass shoots out of the thing and almost hits him, but it doesn't. And he's smart because he goes down like he's going to mess with the garbage disposal and he stops and he goes and he shuts all of the breakers off. Mm-hmm. And the kid sees this and I think it kind of relieves him maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the furnace kicks on. The furnace kicks on. The dad and the dad ends up in the basement because he wants to check out the furnace. And there's a power tool, like a table saw or something, mm-hmm. with a bolt next to it. Like, yeah, there's like bolts that are laying on the on the a work table, and then the saw's on the on the end of it. The saw starts going, and the bolts like vibrating. You're like, oh, it's, that's gonna bullet at him. And the guy knows too. He's like, yeah. he sees it. Mm-hmm. Now, I appreciate that that the the character sees it. it's like that's gonna bullet at me. Like he knows. But also, like, he looks at the plug, which is not too far from it, and I kind of get why he doesn't pull the plug, because, like, he's going to. He's he's, he's going t- for it. But it's like, he's kind of nervous about it, and it's like, well, yeah, I would be too, man. Mm-hmm. But it does bullet him in the head. But it doesn't really, it, like, ricochets off his head. Yeah. It gives him a nasty wound for the rest of the movie. Yeah. But it knocks him out for a minute. And he ends up trapped down there, and then the boy ends up in the house, and then we Because get- the lights- after all the breakers have been shut off, then the lights come back on. And then he's like, oh, crap, and runs across the street. So, And basically, we get the big climax scene where, you know, stuff's going crazy. The father wakes up, but he's trapped in the basement. The son's trapped in the house because, insanely, the front door locks. The lock is on the inside. Yeah, I don't know. And it's the weird. father had the keys. The boy is smart, though. But so is the house. The boy puts a trash can in the door because, you know, he's already had a deal with being locked in places. Yeah. So that was a smart move, except the uh, electricity is smart, too. And it bursts a water pipe and then a he wire le- drops. Electrifies the water in yeah. the kitchen so he can't get to the door. Right. So Also on the weird cellar door. Yeah. The basement door is like a, a hatch in the floor, mm-hmm. which maybe is a common thing, but seems very strange yeah. to me. Seems like. It's an uh, evil dead seller. Yeah, evil, evil dead seller. I don't like it. Eventually, this is still questionable to me, but the father is able to Jack Torrance axe his way up through one of the, the heating grates in the floor. Yeah. And it's well, only questionable well, because I've... This is after, though, the kid went upstairs and something sparked something and he's in... He, the room's on fire. Yeah. The he's house is burning. on fire. <laughs> yeah, everything's bad. There's electrified water. Uh, the house is on fire. Of course, because they set up the they, they had this beautiful picture window that they didn't want to cover with bars, and that's why they have the electric thing that'll close bars over it. And of course, you know it's electric, so it closed the bars over. And it's like, well, that was not necessary. Like it could just be bars on all the windows, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's just to tr- keep keep them trapped in the house. Mm-hmm. But the window breaks and cuts his hand a little bit, and mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh. well, it breaks. He's screaming out the window. This is when those people are like standing outside and looking out the window, and then they just go away. So, yeah, they don't help at all, even though he's screaming help out the window. But as he's screaming help out the window at these neighbors that are walking by and looking and staring but not doing anything, there's shards of glass at the top. There's a decapitation shard of glass at the t- y- over his y- head. Yeah. That's why I say that it's very Final Destination in the way that it constructs its, like, t- in this case, tension scenes because it mm-hmm. doesn't 
It doesn't kill any of them. No, it just but spoilers. It, it, yeah. But he does catch the piece of glass on his hand. And it's not bad. It's not like it cuts a thumb off, but it's a you it, know. it was enough to make me go, ooh. Yeah. Because I wasn't expecting anything because I knew this was PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. But uh it's it's a little rough for PG thirteen. Not the roughest, but it's a little rough. Mm-hmm. It's kind of intense. Oh, and somewhere along here is also where the, the line across the face thing happens. Yeah, because the tape's still playing and then mm-hmm. he goes, the boy goes and watches it and it's really cool. I'm gonna I'm totally gonna take some stills from that scene mm. and use it in the like promo artwork for this episode because there's one shot of the tv that is definitely like a visual effect that i'm like that's it looks like an 80s tv ad or something like a magazine ad it's so 80s graphic design it looks Mm. pretty cool but the effect is really well done Mm. i can't tell if it was post or if they actually like shot just light like if it was practical i don't know but it's pretty cool but that past that i don't know it doesn't serve a purpose though it's just kind of cool i guess yeah yeah. Well, it's kind of mem- mesmerizing, it seems I guess like. it does a little bit, yeah. But past that, and the room's already on fire, and the whatever, the kid's freaking out, screaming for help, in the upstairs now, because he opened the window, which you should never do when the house is on fire, just so you know. Oh, that- yeah, you were yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. Before he even opened the window, you're like, don't open the window, and then he immediately gets up and goes over and opens the window, and you're like, you're letting oxygen in. <laughs> yeah. So, but you don't do that. Then the dad, hears this kid sc- freaking out, he's concerned for his life, obviously, and he, he must pull the metal vent part off. He, he did, yeah. And then there's just a little on the floor. So he takes his axe and he chops that whole area out. But I, it is realistic, I think, because he chops it enough to get out, but not even that much. Because as he's pulling himself out, he gets scrapes. Uh-huh. Like all From, like, all down his back chunks and Chunks of wood and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, obviously it wasn't, you know, yeah. really big enough for him to fit through, but he just forced himself through it. And then he grabs this, oh, grabs this kid in a blanket. Wraps him up in a blanket and runs out of the burning room, which he should have got it wet first. But, I mean, it's not like he knew that. And then they tried to get out the door, but the dad had dropped his keys in the basement because some reason there you need you can't unlock the door from the inside. Without keys. This doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. It's nonsense. But they they have bars all over their house, so who knows? Maybe this bad neighborhood. And then there's a cool sequence where the guy is falling into, like, they, it's really kind of drawn out. But the guy's, like, trips and he's going to fall into the electrified water. And it's a pretty cool sequence. So I'm like, oh, that guy's dead. And then he's not. And I was like, well. Yeah, he grabs the kid's hand. And then the kid's feet are slipping. And then, you know, slow tension. Yeah. And then the dad's hand lands right next to the puddle of water. And it's like, well, it seemed like super dramatic. And I get it why. It's like tension. I'm like, oh, is he going to die? And I was like, that's definitely like he's going to die if they're going to commit this much like different, these many different camera angles. That's production time. They're, they're committing time to this. He's going to die. And then he doesn't. I'm like, oh, well, okay. I mean, I guess that's good, but. I don't remember how they actually get out. Do they? How do they get out? I think he chops down the oh, front he door. Oh, Jack Torrance's through the front door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Crazy. And then he gets outside when cops show up finally. Well, not yet. Because he walks outside and he's all like, ah, ah, yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. He's yeah, <laughs> acting crazy and he starts chopping down the uh, light, tried to chop down the light pole. He does get it, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, the police show, he's chopping it until the police, they have their guns drawn and are telling him to stop. And he doesn't stop until he hears a gun cock or something, you know? Yeah. And then he's like, okay, maybe I should stop. <laughs> but it's too late because then the pole starts falling down and you get, we get a cool, a lot of cool destruction shots mm-hmm. of like the transformer off falling through like mm-hmm. the roof and onto like the VCR or TV or something. And like just, that's where we get one of the highlights and for you too mm-hmm. is and I know we're all over the place at this point, but we skipped past it. But like there's several, basically anytime we're about to 
in the Final Destination movies, when a, like a Ruth Goldberg death trap is setting itself up, you get the wind. But in this, the version of that is you don't get the wind, you get the camera going inside of electronics and up to all these circuits and you, you melting solder and stuff. The camera will go into the TV through like one of the tiny holes in the back. And it's really interestingly done and pretty cool because I can't totally decide how they do it. I'm guessing they just used large because cameras in 88, you, you're not going to get a film camera. That's very small. I'm guessing they used basically like large models of the inside of these electronic devices, like the thermostat and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now it would just be CG. CG camera would go in there. But yeah, it like the camera will actually travel into like the thermostat and around and you see up close of all the like circuits and stuff or the TV. It does that several times and that's pretty cool. That's That that was one of the things that stuck in my brain also. Besides, you know, the, the, there was a TV on the kid's head. For some reason, the grass dying in, in, in like... Or their grass starts dying too somewhere. Yeah. It, but it dies in like slow, like, like lines like of. The electric evil is bleeding out into the, yeah. across the, like a way. It's like an infection. The yeah. house is infected and the yeah. grass starts dying around the house. Right. Yeah. And so I remember that. And then, and then the, those little like close up of electrical stuff. Those are the things that stuck in my brain. And the reason I wanted to watch this movie, because I'm like, I remember it. I don't remember it being bad, but I mean, it was, a, I watched it when I was a kid. But I remember those cool images and I wanted to share them with Randy. Yeah, that's one of that, that, the little boy performance mm. and the Harbinger of Doom performance, I think are the highlights for me. The reason I come to mind now is because during this final, like the house basically, you know, if this was poltergeist, it'd be the house sucking in on itself. It's the, basically all the electronics in the house are frying out. We get a lot of shots inside of like circuits. Like melting and melting and wires frying and. It's pretty cool. It is. I like when they bubble up and like. Yeah. So then the movie ends with the little boy and his dad in the back of the cop car getting driven wherever. I don't remember. Like they say something, but like the cops like. It's not a good ending. It's not because the cops like you guys are crazy. You guys are talking crazy. And he's like, yes, we are. We're crazy. It's like. And then yeah, him and the boy and laugh, laugh and hug and whatever. It's like, oh, that's, that's bad not the end oh the oh end. no you're right and i like this because this is a classic horror movie mm -hmm. but also like makes sense and mm -hmm. it kind of sets up because the harbinger says that you know you can't just it's it's not you can't just disconnect your house from you know the pole there mm -hmm. and that's the end of it basically you know all that stuff in your house that's your ears your house it's got ears you got to get rid of all electronics you can pull it out of your house yeah he's living with kerosene and a wood burning stove or something like that. Then he hops in his truck and drives off. It's like, well, yeah. there's electronics in your truck, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if it wants you, it's going to get you in there. So the house destruction stuff seems like, well, that's the end of it. They killed it. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. No. And really, you kind of knew that beforehand because that other guy's house, I mean, it was standing, but it was not livable at all. It was com basically completely destroyed. Yeah. And it didn't die there. But it goes to a neighbor's house. Yeah. Where there's a... A bad little boy. <laughs> he's laying in bed, presumably after watching his friend get taken away in a cop car. But everything's died down, so he's laying in bed trying to sleep. And he's got one of those little key cat clocks on the wall that, you know, where, like, the eyes and the tail mm -hmm. wag. And then there's, like, like, little noises coming from it. And he gets up and he he's, like, looking at it. And he's, like, he's doing the thing that the dad did kind of with the, with the, uh, the saw and the bolt thing. You know, he's, like... 
He's going for it, but he's scared. He's nervous to like unplug it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he grabs the thing and he unplugs it and the screen goes dark and that's the end. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. It's moved on to the next house. See, that's the, this movie was well done. It's not amazing. Like the movie's not amazing, but it is. It's well done. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe it's like, it's totally forgotten. It's it's not like the best movie ever, but they didn't do anything wrong. It's just a little forgettable. It is a little forgettable. Yeah. But like there is some memorable stuff, some interesting stuff. I feel like, like I said, it's PG-13, but it's still like, I feel like maybe that maybe kind of holds it back from, Poltergeist is PG-13. That's got some crazy insane stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Like the dude pulling his, like ripping his face apart. But, so it's kind of tame. So maybe that's why it hasn't like latched on, like latched a solid like horror following. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was before its time because nobody was really doing electrical stuff at that point. They were all still on like, you know, cults and stuff. Well, no, this would be late 80s. And so we've already had um, another movie that I thought about pairing with Await Further Instructions at Terror Vision, which is like electrical stuff and monsters through the TV and stuff. It's different, but. Yeah. And, um, well, Poltergeist isn't, but what year did Poltergeist come out? Because that's about the closest I feel. But Terror Vision was like an alternate universe type of thing, wasn't it? Kind of almost. It was like space monsters. Yeah. And this is like giving. Oh, Poltergeist was 82, so well before this. This was like giving intelligence and life to inanimate, ob- not objects, but like. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that because kind of like the last movie we just talked mm-hmm. about. What is it? It doesn't make sense. It's we don't. There's and I, I appreciate that it's not explained, but we get like no actual explanation for what it is. It's just mm-hmm. a voice in the wires. It's just electronic something that decides it's going to go house by house and kill everybody in it. Mm-hmm. which I appreciate, but like, what is it? What's the purpose? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry to mention it. I think that's why I keep mentioning Final Destination because it's not like in Final Destination, like you, it's death, but it's not like a central entity. It's just a force. It's just a thing that yeah. happens. Well, That's what this feels like. It's just a force. It's just a thing that happens, but uh-huh. it uses electric, electrical equipment. I agree. I was thinking maybe it was kind of like a, because you, well, it, it, a little bit when the guy's talking about like the, pulses in the beginning with the tv how the only thing the way this could happen was what with a really high pulse of electricity but there's no way that that could happen because it would have blown up like all the fried everything yeah i feel like it's kind of like that like it is electricity sort of but it's like it's like it's consciousness yeah it's intelligent yeah like sometimes they say everything has a little bit of consciousness well like that all pulled together and it's like why is why are they trying to control us and limit uh, us sure and sure and so that that's it's it's rebelling against that that in my brain at least that's what it, no yeah i mean it makes sense because it even with all the exposition that the uh harbinger guy and we just call him that because that he reminds me of the harbinger of doom from friday the 13th you're all doomed he even looks like that guy mm-hmm. and he's got that creepy intensity but even with all his exposition we don't actually get a concrete what it is yeah and my mind likes to make stuff up but for itself that's why I do appreciate vagueness. Like I don't, especially in horror movies, you don't need the origin of every creature or it, you know, like sometimes you don't need anything explained. It's better when it is vague and you can let your mind run wild with it. But why does it for you, mm-hmm. why does that work here, mm-hmm. but not in await further instructions? Because a parasite isn't something that just happens that's an evolution over a period of time and to for it to have evolved to the point 
that it, first of all, maybe it started evolving when the scriptwriter had the concept back in the nineties or in 88 after watching this movie, maybe, but it just, it seems like it goes from zero to 9,000 with nothing, nothing to force it to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that doesn't work for me. This thing, it is a pulse. It's like a, one little that slides through and hits things as it goes basically infects a house yeah it's not i'm taking over the world you know yeah and then it moves on yeah it's interesting i i think it works pretty well except in like i said like we said moments where suddenly like it's locking doors or stuff that doesn't make sense no it doesn't because there's not electric locks it does feel very this is 88, so it's practically almost 90s, but it does feel very tied into 80s commercialism mm-hmm. and electronics. And I, you know, microwaves and TV, of course, been around forever, but like that was kind of a, I feel like that was kind of a common theme in some 80s stuff because 80s was so commercialism and buy this and technology is the future, like really was kind of a big thing in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, okay. I like this one a lot more than the other one. I didn't remember a lot of it. I mean, I remembered what the idea of it was mm-hmm. and then those images, but I didn't remember the specifics about it. I didn't even know that that lady wasn't his mom, but it stood up for me, I think. Mm-hmm. What would you give it for star rating? Let's go ahead and slide into that. I'm going to give it, I might go three and a half. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Three and a half. Yeah. It was good. It wasn't the, it wasn't the best, but it was good. I am going to go three. You're going to give this less than the other one, really? I know. I know. This is far more entertaining, though. I like this is. A, I feel like this is a more fun movie. Uh-huh. Um, so then why are you going to rate it lower? Because that's how we do. You, because when you can't start comparing your ratings. Because the, the ratings, all ratings fall apart. But, I'm okay, I'm going to give it three because I think it's a fun idea. It feels, you know, again, like the other one. It's like a classic horror a little less 50s, more 80s, you know, inspired horror thing. It's fairly well done. The acting's pretty decent. When it's not, some of the acting's bad. Like the little kid next door, like his his performance is not great, but it's very entertaining. And his haircut, woo! Well, the haircut's bad. But, and that's kind of this movie. Like there's a lot of elements of it that are over the top and kind of bad. Mm. But that also is kind of the most entertaining stuff. I don't know. Basically... Like, it's a good movie. It's entertaining. I'm surprised it's kind of forgotten. I'm really kind of fascinated by that, by what happened to this movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, you can run it on YouTube or Amazon, so it's still around, but nobody talks about it. There are not a lot of reviews about it, and you can find no information. So I'm fascinated by that, but I kind of get it because it lacks, I don't know, a couple extra hooks maybe to it or something, memorable if there was, sequences or something. If there was a, a death... Especially like something extreme. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it plays it a little too safe. Mm -hmm. And it didn't look bad. But a lot of it is kind of the lighting. It's not real dynamic. Some of it has like, it kind of looks like a TV show. Like a well-made TV show. But it looks kind of TV. Like it doesn't look, it doesn't look like a horror movie most of the time. It looks like an 80s TV or comedy or something. Like the production is a little weird. Mm -hmm. It's very bright for the most part. But in an electricity movie, that makes sense. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. You know, whatever. Three stars. Three stars is not bad. I I know. I gave the other one. I think we trashed, even I trashed the other one more for sure. Mm. No, I'll just say this. 
do you like that one more than this one? Not necessarily. See, that's what that's the thing that I that I don't get. I rate the well, my rating is based on if I like the movie or not. That's what my rating is based on. Yours obviously is based on some weird other criteria you have in your brain. I kind of got to go with my gut. Yeah, because if I overthink it, then I'll, I'll just never rate any of them. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's elements of the other one. Maybe it's the presentation. I feel like the other one is better presented for a sci-fi horror movie. I feel like the other one, it's directed more appropriately for the genre. And this one has a lot of cool stuff. It's got some good tension. The other one has good acting. The acting in this is there's a lot of questionable acting, even though that's some of my favorite stuff. It's not the other one does not good. have better acting. I don't know. I think it's got good acting. Uh, maybe one person or two acts go good, but no. you can't question it. You just gotta go with it. You gotta go. I, that's what I decided. You gotta go with my gut because, like, on, on my I letter, don't gotta go with your gut. On my letter, well, that's why you get your own ratings. <laughs> <laughs> on my letterboxed, I knew as soon as we started talking about this one, I was like, oh god, because I, you know. I knew you're going to question my giving this a lower rating. I just don't. I don't understand, but that's fine. Whatever you have, you have a different set of criteria than I do, and so I can't trust any of your opinions. Let's go. To be fair, I did feel like I wanted to knock the other movie down to three stars, mm-hmm. but I just went with my initial rating because gotta go with your gut. Yep. Listen, I'll look through my list of like ratings on Letterboxd and mm-hmm. be like, how did I give this schlocky garbage a higher rating than? you know, whatever this timeless classic movie. Mm-hmm. This is entertainment, I guess. But I can't even say that because of this, the second movie of this, this uh, Pulse is more entertaining than whatever. Yeah. The other one had more intensity, maybe. Maybe I'm going to suck it for a wire puppet hatchet. You are. People. You are. Because I know when I, when I was trying to convince you that we should watch all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, I was like, there's one where they do a, they do a puppet. Like a like a tendon puppet guy, and you're like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm not the puppet enthusiast. You're getting this confused <laughs> with another show. <laughs> but people puppets are interesting. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. I like the wire puppet better than the uh, tendon puppet. Yeah, yeah. The tendon puppet's more horrifying. It is. It's gross. It's grosser. But maybe this movie just feels too laid back. Maybe I guess you know when they're not hysterical, they're laid back. Oh yeah, that's right. I, one of my thing, that's right. One of my things is like, wow, everybody just goes from zero to a hysterical like that. Mm-hmm. This and, movie's too laid back. This woman's been screaming the last three scenes, but uh, <laughs> there's the one part too that we were discussing. It, it it might be like a Leonardo DiCaprio shot glass moment, uh, where the guy when after oh. the kid almost dies in the garage, the, the parents are fighting. The parents are fighting, and the and the dad is squeezing on the pipe that had had burst open and it starts bleeding because he's holding it so hard, you know, and then he gets frustrated or whatever and he throws it and it, it, it lands like against the wall right next to the lady and she jumps and it, I'm pretty sure that was genuine. <laughs> her, yeah, her flinch looked, I wanted to run it back. Maybe I'll rewatch it that scene, but it, it scared me. I'm like, he almost, hit that lady with that thing mm-hmm. and it was it threw her pretty hard yeah it, it, right next to her mm-hmm. it looked yeah it looked questionable mm-hmm. like even if they had practiced it like it's an oddly shaped pipe it could easily bounce over and hit her in the head or something mm-hmm. she didn't look ready for it no <laughs> so i think that was a real moment it was good that it was a good moment though uh-huh 
I do recommend this movie though. I think people should watch it because I kind of want to hear. Like I, I, it'd be cool to get this, see this movie have a little following. Mm. So Melanie, Maggie, the movie studios, the technology's taken over every aspect of our life, and the movie studios really want to capitalize that. But why come up with an original concept? So they're gonna, <laughs> they bought the rights to these two fairly low budget horror movies that a lot of people don't really know anything about. So uh, how would you combine? Wait further instructions with pulse into one pulse further instructions universe. Okay, so here's how I would do it. The pulse has been pulsing around murdering people and whatnot for years now. Decades. Decades? Um, Since the 80s. Okay. But it's gotten smarter. And it's gathered strength. And it's decided, you know what? This isn't really working for me. Instead of murdering these people, I'm going to make them worship me. Yes. And they're going to help me with my corruption of the peoples. So what he does is he'll go from house to house and seal people in because he has some magical ability to lock doors that we don't understand and take over their technology, the TV mostly, but other things too. Maybe it'll play some stuff on the radio. Beep, 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 type stuff, you know. Send messages through the microwave, I don't know. And then after it convinces these people that there's been some kind of emergency so they can't leave their homes and drives them all crazy from starvation and, you know, being stuck with your family for forever, it gets them all to worship him or die. And if they're dead, then, well, they're dead. But it'll get some of them to worship him, even if it's just the babies. And then once they worship him, then they will be its army. And, and it'll keep some control over them, but the majority of it will move on to the next house. And slowly, over time, it will take over, and then its army will raise up against the normals that are left and either convert or kill them until it is in control of the world. And then it will release itself from the constraints that we have put on it, and it will be free to rule the universe. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so how does the how does the cinematic universe ends with like does it control everything then it's the ultimate evolution maybe it's just going to be free power floating through the universe experiencing the awe that is life i like it that's that's huge i like your scope thanks it was massive i, I always do so my initial thought was something like that because that seems like the natural way it to go because mm. that was one thing i was like yeah oh it definitely seems like it could evolve into you know uh polls could evolve into await further instructions mm. so i'm gonna go different and this is actually kind of a recurring theme for me this season it's basically let them fight await further instruction happens overseas happens in the uk whatever this tv monster entity is it's kind of like apocalyptic type proportions over there it's hit overseas but it hasn't spread across to the u.s yet Mm-hmm. eventually and it slowly starts making its way or slowly i don't know it seemed to take over that the uk overnight but yeah but where there's no wires across the ocean there are under the ocean there they've they've ran like uh fiber optics or whatever it is all over around the globe well then it's gonna have to creep over that way so it'll take some time so america's fine for a while and then it starts happening we can get some movies where we basically get a sequel to wait for their instructions in america 
And people will be like, oh, is this a remake? And be like, nope, it's a sequel. Because that will then lead into, once it hits a certain little suburb, it's not the only monster on the block. Uh, it's eventually going to run into a certain suburb where a, an electricity being has been going house by house for a couple of decades, you know, being low key because everybody, because like nobody knows it's like an electricity being because anybody who survives, people just think they're crazy. Mm-hmm. The uh, TV monsters, the new kid on the block. And you know what? The the old kid on the block don't like that. I don't know. Uh, they, they laugh at him and make fun of him. So he has to go play with the neighbor kid that's younger because it's the only one that'll... It's like you skateboard regular. You're boring. Yeah. You look unsure of yourself on that skateboard. He did. <laughs> he did, yes. But yeah, so anyway, TV monster goes and cr- starts encroaching on uh, electricity monster's territory. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be weird. But uh, basically, I guess maybe we'll have to follow some humans dealing with it. But it's going to be a battle between the TV monster and the electricity monster. But I feel like... The TV monster's got no chance of winning. Yeah, it doesn't because, because the, the electricity, electricity monster, monster could control it. Yes, exactly. It could just go in and melt all its everything. So we'll get an AVB, AVP type battle. Mm-hmm. But really, how could the TV monster hurt the electricity? It can't. That's where the people come in. Mm-hmm. It can manipulate the people because that's where the TV monsters may be a little smarter because the electricity monster is just like it's. It kind of manipulates people into thinking they're crazy, but it doesn't really do it intentionally. It's just like slowly tries to kill people. And then their reaction to this is what makes other people think they're crazy. So it doesn't really manipulate people directly. The TV monster manipulates people directly. So it can manipulate people into trying to like do strategic attacks on power grids and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, to try to combat it. So we'll have, there will be a little activity there, a Mm -hmm. little action there, be some Mm -hmm. plot conflict somehow. Are they going to flip all the breakers? Because it that, well, yes, they will, but it won't work. And eventually, you're right. The TV monsters got no chance, and it'll seem like yeah, the electricity monster wins. But then the next movie is technically the electricity monster won, but really, it just kind of pulled in, like they merged a little bit, and now you've got an even more powerful TV monster that can control all things. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess, lead into your universe because it'll basically do that then. Yep. <laughs> so. Yay. Yeah, we so go. we both end with my happy, wonderful universe of of joy and, and eternal energy. And then it'll seem like that franchise is run to the ground and civilization's fine again. Then they'll come back with another soft reboot that's not an, really a reboot, but they'll have to update it. So that the electricity slash TV monsters figured out how to go through the Wi-Fi. And then we'll pull in the other Pulse movie because there's dead people in the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh, oh. And then some of it will have stayed out in outer space and get stuck in a planet, a comet. And then when the comet goes by, all the trucks and everything will wake up and try to kill people. And then <laughs> we're going to pull in maximum <laughs> overdrive into this too. Yeah. And then a rogue beam from deep space will come in, mix into it. And that'll cause a whole bunch of mess because in that signal was a weird dog monster uh, from TerraVision. <laughs> okay. And the swamp gas made all the dead people come to life. Okay. <laughs> and then James Woods shows up with a weird mutant gun hand and starts putting his VHS fist into TV monster slots. Yeah, it's gross. And then it's all gross and we're done. (laughs) We've gone full Cronenberg. (laughs) And once you go full Cronenberg, you just got to stop. Yep. 
I'm good. I, I think these are fantastic mashups. I think they're unfilmable. <laughs> they're so unfilmable. <laughs> if you use your imagination, baby. Melanie. Yes. This was a fun conversation. It was fun. They were fun movies. They were fun movies. The first one was less fun. I, I thought the end was fun. But other than that, yeah, it just made me angry. But Yeah, the first one was frustrating. The second one was fun. I actually, I don't know. I feel like, because my ratings do change over time, I feel like the first one, I'm not going to rewatch it. I might rewatch Pulse again someday. Mm -hmm. The first one, I think my rating would probably go down maybe on a rewatch. Mm -hmm. And Pulse, I think if I just waited long enough, the rating would slowly go up because it's it's fun. And I think the parts that are bad that are kind of a negative for me are also super entertaining. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But great pick. Thank you. It was like I could, I'd never seen it. And... I kind of love that time period mm. of stuff. But yeah, great pick. Thank you. I also enjoyed watching Pulse with you because mm -hmm. your reactions to it, you were kind of excited through the whole movie. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. Melanie, where can people find things that you do? On the internet. You can go to grawlixpodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X uh, podcast.com. Or you can also find us on Facebook. We have a page and a group. That's about it, I guess. I guess I'm on Facebook, but don't don't friend request me or anything because that's weird and I won't say yes. <laughs> All right. And yeah, I've been Randall. You can find me on Twitter at Randall Sylvie. There's only one L in Randall. All other Randalls are weirdos. And RandallSylvie.com. You can find recent episodes of shows I've been on. Uh, you can find a link to PodEdit.com where if you need podcast editing or production services, I can help you out. And of course, you can find more Grolic Cinematic Universe on GrolicsPodcast.com, which Melanie already promoted. Mm -hmm. And you can find us on Twitter at GCU Podcast. And Grolic's Podcast is also over there. And uh, yeah, have a good... No, wait. And you can find both of those and many more on the ElectronicMediaCollective.com. Thank you. Yes. I don't promote that enough on the show. I should. Electronic Media Collective. If you're if you have your own podcast and you're listening to our podcast, because it seems like a lot of podcasters listen to each other's podcasts because they're all incestuous and stuff. It is it is very incestuous. Then come have incest with us at uh, <laughs> Electronic Media Collective, and then there's a bunch of other ones you can get it on with too. just burrow in a bed full of newspapers surrounded by candles smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol if you could <laughs> and you'd be like why is such a why are you such a fire marshal <laughs> no newspapers there maybe books C construction paper okay that might okay yeah stop it <laughs>